Welcome back to Live, Laugh, Lorazepam. It's your mentally ill best friends, Abby and Julie. That was good. Thanks. That was a good intro. Thanks. I like it. I hope people think us of us as their best friends. So, you went to therapy today? Or had therapy? I guess you don't actually go there. Yeah, I don't go anywhere. It's from my couch. <laughs> um, I had therapy today, and I was telling her about uh, sort of our hope to keep each other accountable for being healthier and I was sharing um what our like goals are and what we're hoping to do to be healthier and she talked about your goal for 20 minutes (laughs) which was great advice for me too but it was really funny how like yeah yeah that's great app okay but let's talk about Julie's goal (laughs) Are we, is she going to bill me for those 20 minutes? I, know. I was like, I think I'm paying out of pocket for this. Um, no, but it was great advice. And it's something she's told me before, which is like, um, instead of trying to remove things from your toolkit or trying to like limit yourself as if it's like a punishment, like you can't do that. She said, try adding things before removing anything. I feel like add, okay, I'm just, we're just going to go to it. I just feel like adding more food is the problem. <laughs> no, well, her comment was like, well, if, you love eat like her example is like she loves donuts like she loves donuts and she's like eating a donut a day is not super great for me she's like but if you talk to a nutritionist like the way that carbs work like if you combine a simple carb like a muffin a donut something that's just like sugary and carbohydrate she's like and you combine it with something with like more protein like egg bites or some sort, I don't know, a breakfast sandwich or something like that. She goes, it, it helps your body retain the energy longer. So you don't burn through it as fast because complex carbs take longer to process. And then she's like, by the way, not a nutritionist at all. But her comment was like, instead of telling yourself, you can't have that donut a day that you want to have. She's like, because all it's going to make you do is like be angry that you can't have it, be thinking about it nonstop. And then you're going to like break whatever you're trying to do. She's like, it won't be sustainable. So like, so instead try to like add something in to supplement, like have hard boiled eggs with whatever you get in the morning. Here's my thing. I only go to Dunks like twice a week and get muffins. Okay. That's not that bad. (laughs) No. Okay. During the work weeks and the weekend I have, I have it delivered. Meaning, if someone's leaving the house and I want them, and they're going to Dunks, I ask for a muffin. I love muffins. This I, don't, be- like, I don't see like we're not good accountability partners no. because I'm going to be like that seems totally fine. But like, <laughs> also, I'm going to be using that as a sound clip because the innuendos between muffins. <laughs> Abby loves muffins. All I'm saying is my therapist thinks that you <laughs> should add egg whites, should add egg whites or something protein into whatever you're having. On the other breakfast. days, I, I make a uh, very healthy protein shake. I hate protein shakes. So. Okay, but th- this does not taste like a protein shake. Okay, but you put protein powder in it? Yes. What? I don't know. It's something about protein. This is, okay, but it's this like is a, a plant protein. Okay. It's not like whey. Okay. So I'm going to make one for you. Okay. If you make it for me, I will try it. 
Okay. But you got to make it with not real milk. I don't. I make it with almond milk. What else do you put in it? I use a chocolate <clears throat> chocolate plant protein, um, almond milk, a banana, a shit ton of ice, and Teddy's unsalted peanut butter. All right. That sounds fantastic. And I will have one. Thank you. You're welcome. Hold on. Let me just go turn on the blender. <laughs> That'd be a really great time for a... A noise button, a, noise a sound button. effect, <laughs> a noise button. Okay, we have to get on track because I don't know if people want to listen to us talk about muffins. I mean, <laughs> well, that was my one, my first topic because that was um, therapy today involved you, and <laughs> I think you should just join me for my next session. I would love that, um, but then I'm concerned she's like gonna be like, "You two are fucked." She's gonna be like, "This is your close friend who's in." Your advocacy, but or your what, accountability buddy, I'll be like, yes. Yep, that's me. Be like, there's more problems here. You need to see me twice a week. <laughs> I don't have therapy. I have therapy other, every other week, so I have next week. I'll uh, I'll say we have to talk about you for twenty minutes to make up for, <laughs> um, so that we're billed evenly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I'm gonna dive right into the second topic. <clears throat> I have no voice today. I don't know why. Um. You left yourself a voice memo. I did. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, so... Um, Should I say insert clip here? Or do you want to talk about it first? No, I want, I want to like intro it first. Okay. So I left myself a voice memo recently because I was having a really bad day. And I found uh, a long time ago that when I was in like a really deep, dark place, it was helpful for me to record myself and then listen to it back when I was feeling better later on um, to sort of remind myself not to like relive anything but to like remind myself where I was because and I like correct me if I'm wrong I think you've mentioned this as well but like when I'm feeling better I forget what it felt like when it was bad I yeah same way so like, like I'm in a good spot right now I can't I can talk about it and I'm going to continue to talk about it, but I can't fully feel it. Yeah. And so for me, what that's dangerous because then it's, it's like, oh, everything's fine. Okay, we'll just keep moving forward. Everything's fine. I don't need to even think about that. And then what ends up happening is like those dark days, I, I definitely should have probably followed up with a doctor or I should have followed up with, you know, taking some medication or getting my medication adjusted or something. And I don't because then... I'm feeling fine. So then I'm like, well, what's the problem now? <laughs> There's no problem. Which became an issue when I was severely depressed because then those dark days stopped going away. So they started getting, instead of a day, they were then two days, then three days, then a week. And then you have no motivation to reach out. Right. And then I just think it's never going to end and I'm scared and it gets to like a drastic point. And so I find that recording myself sometimes, and then it even helps me in the moment, like talk through what I'm feeling as if I'm talking to someone or just to myself, my future self, Re, like listening to it again later on sometimes reminds me, okay, that was serious and I needed to take it seriously. And now that I'm in a better place, I'm hearing it again. Now's my chance to like take action now that I have energy and whatever else. So I recorded myself recently in the car and um, it was a day that I just like woke up feeling off and I had work and I worked, but I don't know how much I was getting done. And I knew I had a friend coming over in the evening, but 
you know, middle of the day, I was just like so down in the dumps, like just crying and wanted to just like bury myself in my bed and couldn't figure out like what was wrong per se. Um, and that's because nothing was really wrong. It was just, I was having a totally off day and I call those my dark days and Phil kind of knew that. And so he suggested like, why don't you go, I had to pick some stuff up from Home Depot. It's like, why don't you go pick some stuff up? Why don't you stop at Starbucks and get yourself a fun drink? And maybe swing by wherever and pick up some snacks or something. Like, literally just a reason to get me out of the house. Because if it were up to me, I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't leave my bed. I wouldn't eat. Sorry, Phil is just reminding me of Billy. Yeah, yes. Billy saying he'd just give you something to change your perspective of the day. Just give you a different view. In the moment, I did not want to do any of that. I was like, no, I don't want to. And he was like, what? well, we need these things. Like you need to, so go. (laughs) And I was like, like mad about it. (laughs) So I I put on real pants and (laughs) put on shoes and you didn't have to put on real pants to leave the house. I didn't. It just made me feel more put together. I didn't change anything on top, which was like a giant sweatshirt and my hair was a rat's nest, but look, that's what you get. And I was on my way to I uh, picked up a drink at Starbucks, you know, treated myself. And then I was driving between Starbucks and Home Depot, which is not a long drive, in about five minutes. And I just started recording myself because I was feeling, like, overwhelmed as if I couldn't breathe, as if there was, like, that, like, choking feeling in your throat when you just, like, have emotion but you're not even sure what it's from, um, which for me is then scary because then I don't know why I'm upset. You start to panic. And you start to panic. And I'm also, like, driving at like 3 p.m. and everyone's being crazy on the road and I have to go like be a person. I have to go pick up a thing. So I have to go talk to a human. And so I'm like finally talking myself through what's happening and I finally get to Home Depot and park and I'm crying in the car recording myself. And I stopped the recording. I wiped my eyes. I went inside and did what I did. And I had, and I listened to it again later once I got home and I was feeling totally different because I had been outside breathing fresh air, like in sunlight, had to interact with a human, which like distracted me from whatever I was feeling in that moment. And what I pulled you out. Yeah, it totally pulled me out. And what I listened to when I got home felt like a totally different version of myself. I was like, whoa, I was feeling like that. And that was not two weeks later. That was two hours later, which is bizarre that you can go from feeling so low and scared to all of a sudden being like totally fine. And so um, for everyone listening, I'm going to share the clip because I think it's important to hear us when we're not peppy and perfect and happy because even though we're on the pod and when we're, we're not edited. Yeah. When we're not edited and when we're not like in an interview or, you know, trying to send some sort of message of like, you can get through it and you can cope with these things or like making light of something with humor. I think it's important to hear the dark moments as well. And you'll hear in the clip, like (laughs) I almost come full circle of being like, I don't know why I'm feeling this to all of a sudden at the end being like, it's okay to feel this way. And I, you talked yourself through the moment I've, I've listened to it already. And one, you can hear the pain in your voice and it killed me listening to it. Um, I immediately texted Abby and was like, I wish I knew I would have run over and like given you a hug. Um, But like you had told me you were having a bad day, but I didn't know how bad. Um, And that like super darkness was so brief. 
that like I didn't even know that was coming. I thought yeah. I was just having an off day and was feeling emotional. I had no idea. Or else I probably would have texted and been like, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> had one of my like total text breakdowns. But like I didn't know. And it was so short-lived because then I got snapped out of it somehow. And I came home and the rest of my night was fine. I was able to like have a good time. Phil made dinner, had a good time with a friend, etc. Should we say insert clip here? Yes, insert clip here. I think it's important to record yourself when you're feeling not 100%. Um, because sometimes afterwards, when you're you know back on track or feeling normal again, you kind of forget what it felt like to be in that dark place. Um, and I'm not in a good place right now. Um, and I can't put my finger on why because things are actually going super well. You know, I got the new home. I've got a loving husband. I've got a job that I actually really love. I've got an adorable little cat and amazing friends and family. Um, and yet I wake up crying for no reason. Uh, and that's... That's the sucky part about mental health is that <laughs> there's sometimes no reason. And I think for someone who's type A and controlling like me, I want to be able to control what's going on in my life. And when something doesn't have a reason, it makes it 10 times worse. So just recording myself to remember what this feels like because when I'm feeling better, it's all rainbows and butterflies, and I'm not worried about anything. Um, but it's astounding how quickly you can just slide back into sort of the dark place that you were in before. And I'm there right now, and I don't really know what to do about it. But I know that I'm out and about right now, and I have sun shining on my face, and I have a job that lets me, um, I have the privilege of having a job that is understanding about needing to take breaks during the day, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm out, I got coffee, which my therapist calls panic juice, <laughs> probably should have gone for like an iced tea. Um, and I'm gonna go run some errands that make me feel better, I can check something off my list, and I'm going to text Julie and I'm going to text my mom and I have a friend coming over tonight so that I'm not alone and we're just going to watch TV and eat snacks and Phil's already said he's making dinner and I think there's really all you can do in this type of situation is fall back on the things that you know that have worked before for coping and if worse comes to worse I'm gonna I'm gonna take an Ativan and I'm gonna let myself just take the edge off the anxiety and the worry um, and just get through the day because that's sort of where I'm at And 
And I just want people to know that if they feel like this, if they wake up like this, if they experience these emotions sort of out of nowhere, that's it's not your fault. You're not broken. You're not a burden, even though that's exactly what it feels like. And that you are gonna be okay. As long as you're taking your meds and talking to the people that love you and being honest with yourself and those closest to you about where your head's at. But it's not your fault. And tomorrow I might wake up and feel totally normal. And I hope I do, but if I don't, then I've got another day of plugging along and reaching out to those that love me and taking it seriously. Because it's not just a blue mood. It's not just an off day where you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, rub some dirt in it. It's valid. The feelings you're feeling are valid. And I have to remind myself of that. And I want you to remind yourself of that. And we just get through the day and look forward to the next one. Because we're blessed to be living this life. So following that clip, I know that's not like the easiest thing to hear. No, it was hard to listen. Like, it was hard to listen to. And if someone out there is like listening and this sounds like you... Like, to reiterate my own words, like, you're just not alone and it's not your fault. And if recording yourself the next time you're feeling trapped or uneasy or scared might help you, then I highly suggest it because it certainly helped me. Abby records herself. I write, but I don't, like, I write, like, notes in my phone because I think I'm creative in the dark (laughs) moments. And then it leads to nothing. But it, like, feels good at the time for me to get out how I'm feeling. You know, it's funny because, like, I'm a writer full time, but when I'm, like, that, in that space, I can't write. It's the only time I can write. My God. If we just morphed together, <laughs> like, we, we'd be a, a great struggling and, um, artist. <laughs> Instead, we're two struggling artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One that works in not an artist position. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. But I want to say thank you for being brave enough to share that on the podcast because it's going to help people to realize they're not alone. It's going to get me to try to record myself so I can hear it instead of just reading my notes back. Um, Because I'm sure I'll be like, who the hell is that? You can hear it in the voice. Like, I didn't recognize my own voice later on. Oh, yeah. Your voice is so different when you're you're in a dark spot. Yeah, like... There's so much emotion and like you'll hear it in your own voice when you record yourself too. And like the depth of that, it does make you sort of like remember what it felt like in that moment, but not in like a reliving sort of way. I found it very cathartic. I'm going to do it. I'm going to plan a breakdown to record it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We don't suggest that. (laughs) That's my new band name. Planned breakdown. Uh, Yeah. Again, I have to think everything has to have a joke because that's how I handle my, <laughs> that's how I handle my brain. Um, so do you want to talk about the last topic? 
Yeah. Which I know is near and dear to you. Um, so we've talked about this before. Um, I do a 16 to 18 mile overnight walk um, for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It's legit called the overnight. Um, why, and, why is it called the overnight? Um, because, it, well, one, you're walking overnight. Like we start at like, se- like six or seven and then end in the morning, but it's walking out of the darkness. So like walking out of your dark, depressive state. Oh, like a literal metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> legit walking, like walking all night. We have one goal and stop suicide. Um, but so I don't ramble on. This is what the website says, why we walk. Uh, once a year, thousands join together to walk through the night to fight suicide. The connections people make last a lifetime and the funds you raise will save lives. Um, as you walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn, you'll find support and understanding and community of others affected by suicide. Together, we will help put a stop to this leading cause of death. I just got goosebumps. Me too. Um, because it brought me back to the opening ceremony. So every year they do an opening ceremony. And anyone's welcome to join. Um, and you are in a space with thousands of people who are all wearing shirts that have a specific reason why they walk or who they walk for. Mm. And we all wear beads. <clears throat> there are different color beads for the reason you walk. Um, and then the open ceremony, these people share their stories. Um, and you have parents, you have siblings, you have survivors. Um, I still can't shake these goosebumps because it is the, it is a very sad, but empowering ceremony because you look around and you realize you're all here for one purpose and that's to stop suicide. And it's the most eye-opening experience I've, I've ever, I've ever been a part of, um, reading people's shirts and just like, you just hug people Mm. and it's like, you just feel this bond immediately. My first walk less than a year after I was in the hospital, I was in Boston, which I was very lucky that I, that it was the year I needed it. And it was at home. Um, and I started sharing my story. Um, I actually still, like, I believe my fundraising page is still up. I need to go back and read that. From um, the first year? From the first year. Oh, yeah. I need to go and, and read why I was walking. Like, I know why, but I want to, in my words, like, you listened to yourself earlier. Yeah. Um, so I was walking solo, um, 16, 18 miles overnight in Boston, in the pouring rain. It was summertime, but it was cold. Um, and it was the best experience of my life. Um, it was the most healing moment for me. Um, now my healing journey has been years. It wasn't like magic, but it was definitely like the, oh, wow, I just did this. And my, I put my body through this. And if my body can do this, my brain can do this. Mm. Um, and then the following year, I raised the thousand dollars again so my second year um was in new york and my mom walked with me she wasn't supposed to 
don't tell American Foundation for Suicide Prevention this, but she didn't want to walk me, didn't want me walking solo through the Aww. city. Um, but I met my friend Bev, who is the most amazing human, who said yes to being on this podcast because um, coming up, we're going to, not coming up this episode, but in a few weeks, we're going to have a full episode with all the friends I've made from American Foundation for Suicide Prevention um, talking about why they walk. Um, but I met Bev, and we walked all night, my mom, Bev, and I, over the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what's really funny? That walk, the second they said go, it downpoured. Oh. And I was like, this is this is funny. But also, I was like pumped. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then it stopped. But it was like, it was so funny. Yeah. Um, but sharing that moment with my mom was super special and making a new friend was also super special. Um, and Bev has led me to make other amazing friends and we all have different reasons for walking. Mm. Um, they all walk for someone or, or multiple people. And I, I walk for me and for Jason, um, and for everyone else who's ever struggled but yeah, you have to raise a thousand dollars, and then you walk all night long. And my, I remember people telling my dad was like, "Are you sure? Like you can do this?" I was not in shape. I'm still not in shape. <laughs> I ask myself every damn time why the hell I'm doing this, and then I push myself to the end. Um, so I've done, I've done a lot of walks. I think I've raised over twelve grand. Wow. Which I have to say thank you to every single person that's donated. That's um, amazing. I'm definitely behind on my fundraising <laughs> goal this year. Oh, that was really loud. Um, because I've been a little busy um, with this. You just have a few things going on. Just a few things going on. Uh, but yeah, I'm walking again this year in D.C. Um, I'm nervous because D.C. in June is hot. It is really warm. Um, I don't do well in the heat. Mm. But I also push myself. Hopefully, because it's overnight, you'll be able to get like a reprieve from some I of the hope heat. So. Yeah. But, um, what? So during the walk, it's like yeah, 16, 18. Everything. Yeah. Are there like things that happen along the way? Are there like milestones that you hit? I remember you mentioning like the, the paper lanterns thing that happened at one yeah. of Yeah. Um, so they're called. Was it Luminaria? Lumina, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, really Grinch. formal. So It's a paper bag that's white, and you write, uh, you write and put pictures on it for the person or reason you're walking. And then when you reach the finish line, they have them all lit up. And sometimes they're in hearts, mm. and it, like, leads your way to the finish line. And you know that every single one of those bags is for one or multiple people that have been affected by suicide. Um, but throughout the night, there's signs for every mile. Like you, and, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm getting goosebumps again because there's so many people that show up every year just to support and to run this walk. Mm. There are people on, who ride bicycles along the route the whole night, ride motorcycles. There's cheering stations. There are bathroom breaks and snack stops. Um, and there's just so many people who are there to support you and thank you for walking. And I'm like, no, like I wouldn't, I couldn't be here without you. I was like, so the thank you goes right back to you. And every mile you cheer. And then 
you start being like, I swear we've already done another mile. <laughs> and then you're like, no, no, no. Well, it's probably not even half a mile. Um, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of walking. I question whether I could do it. Like, I question whether I would be able to. I almost didn't make it last year. Um, but my friend told me that if I wanted to finish, she would finish with me. Um, and our other friend finished with us too. Um, but in my brain, I, I couldn't give up. That was a mental struggle for me. I was like, I can't stop. No matter, how, I was in a lot of pain. Like I was struggling. Um, that was a long, I think we did 18 last year uh, or 17. Is it, but, what's the 16 to 18 range? Oh, so uh, they, it's just, that's their, go- um, so they have to make a route through the city that yeah. the city has to approve. Um, and it's any, it's like the doesn't amount to that I know of that 16 or 18 means anything, but it just. What the city can between. provide for. Yeah. Okay. For space. Yeah. I always okay. wonder, I was like, why isn't it just 18 or 16? And yeah. It just changes because of stops uh, where they can put the mid they call it midnight snack. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. It's kind of cool though that like they go to a different major city each year too. Yeah, so they st- they've definitely been they used to do one on the west coast and one on the east coast. Now it's just been one. Um and they stick to a lot of the same cities, but yeah, I like that they change it. There was one in San Francisco and I said, "Nope, because of the hills." <laughs> I was like, "No." Nope. Oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I was like, "Do you want me to quit after mile 1 because that's what would happen in San Francisco?" I didn't even think about that because 16 to 18 miles, I was like, yeah, flat ground, that would be hard. But then you add in hills. Yeah. My friends <laughs> who walked it, it were like, that was rough, never again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I saw it. And I was like, uh, nope. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Not for me. That was my year I met Bev. Um, but I'm definitely like just over general generalizing this, but it's the most amazing experience and I will do it as long as I can um see one seeing my friends that I've made they've mean the world to me we're all from different parts of the country and we still we have a group chat and we share hotel rooms and they're just amazing but also it will always remind me to keep going yeah like yeah, I'm in it. Like we said, uh, we forget what it feels like. It's going there that also helps me remember what it feels like because if I forget, I could easily go back. Yeah. Um, and I walk for me, and I walk for Jason, and I walk for everyone that has ever felt like they couldn't continue on. Um, that's wonderful. Next time it's in Boston, you have to come to the opening ceremony. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely gonna happen and bring your tissues I mean I just started crying and you hadn't even like fully gotten into it yet so I like I cry when I enter churches and at every wedding and I'm not even like a religious person or anything like I'm definitely not the most romantic person but I sob so like me being in that space with those people for that reason I'm gonna be a hot mess I'm just going to be crying the whole time and hugging everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just hug everyone. I knew you just. For me, 
it's meeting the loved ones um, that really uh, like affects me the most because um, I might cry now. It's like mm. that could have been my mom mm-hmm. and my dad. Yeah. Um, very easily. Yeah. Um, and I've never like I know one day we'll do an episode when I fully go into my my very very rock bottom of my depression um but like seeing those families i'm just i'm I'm beyond thankful that i have found coping skills in a team of doctors family friends that have helped me get to where i am um because i i want to live i i think about my life a lot um and I think about my nieces, my niece and my nephews and how if I didn't find a way out, I would never have, never have had this joy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's a life changer, that walk. Pray and for me. It better not be hot. I'm really hoping for a cold <laughs> June night in D.C. And for everyone listening... Um, Below in the show notes for this episode, I've linked Julie's um, fundraising page. So if you want to go donate something or read more about the overnight walks, that information is there for you. Um, And we will be doing another episode later on, like Julie mentioned, to interview some of her friends that she's made through the walks and hear their stories of why they do it and why this is important for the mental health community um, overall. These women, uh, I'm not even, like, I, you were saying friends and I immediately was like, no, they're, they're family. Like they, yeah. they're my, they're my, my overnight family. And they have, the amount of walks they've done and money they've raised is life changing. I mean, hell, if you write, if you don't even meet the minimum, that money is still life changing. Yeah. Um, this organization does huge things for advocacy in in working to lower the the rate of death by suicide. Um, but yeah, if you want to read more of my story, when and it's not just me babbling on, it's actually real thoughts. Well, not that these aren't real thoughts, but <laughs> coherent thoughts. Uh, it's in the link, um, and you can always ask me questions. I'm the biggest supporter. Join us. Let's go. Um, DC first weekend or second weekend in June, I think. Yeah, it's like the third. Yeah. 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 But I'll be there. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Call or text 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, for free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress.